Girlwise is a safe space to learn and discuss all kinds of topics through anecdotes and evidence-based research. I'm your host, Brenda Nicole, and welcome to Girlwise. Hey girl, today's episode is going to be a juicy one. In the past few weeks, I've consumed a lot of media aimed at teen and young adult audiences, and for some reason, a trope that has been heavily portrayed for a long time across these genres really stood out to me, and that is girls interpreting their boundaries being respected as not being wanted. And when I put it that simply, it seems outrageous, but hopefully when I give you the examples, you'll understand. Also, a quick note, I'm mainly going to be speaking about this from a heteronormative view because it's deeply ingrained in the relationship between men and women, though I know this definitely happens in other types of romantic relationships. The basis of it lies in heterosexual relationships due to their respective gender norms. Hey everyone! Before we begin, I wanted to give a clear and important disclaimer to ensure that listeners understand the limitations of the advice given on this podcast. I am not a professional or expert on the topics being discussed, and you should always use your own judgment when it comes to where you stand on a subject and making decisions. While I do my best to direct you in what I think is the right direction, it is always wise to consult with a qualified professional when seeking advice on a particular issue. References will be in the show notes so you can take a look at the places I'm getting my information from as well. You know your own story and situation better than anyone else, so do what is best for you always. Thank you so much and enjoy this episode. I just turned 26, which means that my brain has officially finally finished developing and I have come into full consciousness. And let me tell you, wow, it really feels like it. I physically and mentally feel different, especially last year. Less this year, but man, like as soon as I turned 25, it was, I felt it weird. Anyways, that's off topic. And because of this, I've started to notice certain truisms that have stopped making sense to me. A big one is the fact that large media pushes the idea that women don't mean what they say because they're not intelligent enough to understand themselves. The old saying that women are crazy and too complex for anyone to figure them out. I know we like to think that we're past these ideas, but I saw a huge example of this on an episode of a little show called The Summer I Turned Pretty. Now, I can do a whole episode breaking down how much I personally disliked season two because the writing kind of ruined Belly's character, making her some sort of self-centered, completely unempathetic narcissist, but today we're going to just focus on the breakup scene with her and Conrad. If you haven't watched the show, Isabel, who is the main protagonist, is dating her longtime childhood crush Condor, whose mom is very sick with cancer. During this time, they go to her junior prom together, and obviously Klondike is very distracted and upset because his mother's health is declining, and it ends up showing in him being very distant towards Belly at this dance. Conduit asks Belly if they can talk outside, and a few key things happen. Number one, he asks for some space and time because he's feeling overwhelmed with trying to be happy for her in this important event and also dealing with his emotions due to stress he's feeling. Belly becomes quite upset at this. Then, 
she breaks up with him for not wanting to come back inside, insisting that he is pushing her away, followed by her telling him not to say anything when he tries to explain himself. When she starts to walk away, he tells her not to leave it like this, and then she runs off saying, don't, when he tries to tell her to wait. Now, let's break this whole interaction down. While there are a million problems with communication here, the topic that I want to discuss is the little communication that did happen. His wanting to establish a boundary and her completely freaking out is one thing, but the biggest issue I saw people take away from this scene is the fact that he quote-unquote didn't run after her when she broke up with him. There seems to be a disconnect where people have been led to believe that our wants as women are not worthy of being respected because we don't know what we want and we need a man to tell us what we want for us. In this example specifically, she gets upset that her night isn't going the way she expected it to. And I'm not going to say she overreacted because even though she is a fictional character and her emotions aren't real, we've discussed that there is no such thing as overreacting. However, it is not okay to establish a boundary and have this unspoken wish to have it broken because of this messed up idea of romance. I mean, when I was younger, I thought him chasing me after saying that it was over was extremely flattering and that it meant that he really liked me. Time and time again, we're told that if he doesn't come chase you straight away, then he doesn't really like you that much. Like this was the way love stories are supposed to go. But why can we not mean the things that we say? Why can't Belly be sure of the decision to break up with Conrad instead of it being an invitation to override it and fight for her? Wanting a guy to dismiss our no and chase after you is not a good thing. Sometimes it means that he respects your need for space to calm down, and yet it's depicted over and over again that these girls get mad when their boundaries are respected as a way to keep this narrative alive. Being told that if he doesn't listen to you when you say you want to break up, or not to speak to you, then it means he loves you? This is why there is a stereotype of women never knowing what they want and men having to tell us because we have been taught that our boundaries have no value. This is why when you reject some creepy guy at school or the club or at work, they take it as a hint to try harder because we have been socialized to make our boundaries some sort of cat and mouse game. We have to decide if our boundaries being respected is truly important to us. Because if it is, then these ideas of devaluing them for the sake of the chase have got to go. We have to reframe our way of thinking and know that consent is romantic. Clear communication does not take away from it. That's what romance should entail. There should be no secretly wanting this. If it's not a hell yes, then it's a hell no. We must learn the power of no and take it seriously. If there's anything that my close circle knows me for is that when I say no, I mean it. It's a concept that is super important to me because as a woman, my no having power is extremely important. 
editing me here, that is completely redundant, but I hope you get the point. For some reason, we have been taught that our partners have to read our minds instead of us taking accountability for our own emotions and communicating that. Why is it a known stereotype that when a woman says it's okay, she means it's not okay? Why is it that when she says no, she means come and chase me? Why is it that when she says it's not a big deal, then it is a big deal? There is this deep discomfort with being honest and with our boundaries being respected because we have been told for centuries that what we want doesn't matter. Now, I understand that these problems are so complex and ingrained in the patriarchy, but I think this is the time to take a step back and change this. I speak about worthiness in every single episode because I think that 90% of the problems that we encounter, especially in self-sabotaging behaviors such as this one, are because we don't think ourselves worthy. Again, this isn't our fault. The disparaging of women is institutionalized and enforced daily. It's not because women or men are super different and women can't think for themselves. It's because this behavior has been developed out of self-preservation. We were taught not to speak our truth and wants because it would make us too high maintenance or too needy and undesirable. Not to fight back and reinforce our boundaries because then it would make us a and take away from our femininity. For how many years and still to this day, women are being abused or murdered because if they don't play these twisted psychological games with men, then they're categorized as defiant and pay the price for it. To fight back, we have to remind ourselves of our inherent worth. I understand that the reason why we want this guy to chase us comes from a place of deep insecurity. We want to be reminded that we are worthy, so we do these strange tests to see how much they care for us, but it's time that we learn that being respected is love, not the other way around. His taking our word at face value is a good thing. We know that it is absolutely awful when men say that they can't take advice from a woman because she doesn't know what she wants or when we say no they don't leave us alone so we have to keep those standards in all situations this is unfortunately a vicious cycle that is perpetuated by our own behavior as well another thing that we can do is learn to respect and reaffirm our own boundaries Setting what we want and need for ourselves clearly and learning how to say no to ourselves. If you don't want to drink tonight at the party, don't. If you need to sleep eight hours tonight, then stop scrolling and turn the phone off. If you know your ex is bad for you and deserve better, then don't text him. If we can't uphold our own boundaries for ourselves, then we're not going to expect others to follow them either. This is the basis of something called self-respect. Another thing that has also been weaponized against women, but that's a different topic. All of this goes hand in hand with knowing that you are worthy of things that are good for you. And I know that this is easier said than done. I think that I have a lot of self-love, but even I can admit that when you're told over and over and 
over again that you are less than because of your sex, the voice inside of you can get drowned out by the noise quite quickly. This is why a space like this podcast exists, because we all need to be told the truth. And that is that you merit love and respect. We all do. And thinking that a man respecting your well wishes of a breakup with him is a bad thing is the opposite of that. And so with that, we get to the ending segment of the podcast called Ask Me Anything, where you can ask me anything. Today's question comes from Marie, and they ask, why does my voice sound higher pitched when I'm speaking Spanish than when I'm speaking English? Thank you so much for your question, Marie. You guys, don't be afraid to send in questions. I am so happy to answer any and all of your questions, so keep them coming. Now, this has a lot to do with the way your muscles have to move to enunciate the words and produce the correct sounds from your mouth. Different sounds come from different places in your larynx, and different languages, of course, need different sounds. There is also speculation from some linguists that you imitate what you hear, so if the people you learn the language from speak in a higher tone, then that's how you'll speak as well. There are also some cultural impacts on how you speak from volume, accent, hand gestures, way of speaking and expressing, etc. So all of that plays a part. And some tonal languages like Vietnamese, Thai, Chinese also rely heavily on the pitch you are using when pronouncing the words and can have a major impact on how your voice sounds when speaking them. The last theory is confidence. The less confident you are, maybe the quieter and slower you speak, so it changes how your voice sounds and vice versa. I actually think I sound exactly the same when speaking Spanish and English. Hi, this is my voice when I'm speaking English. Hola, esta es mi voz cuando estoy hablando español. Uh, there is like a slight difference, but it's only the pronunciation. I don't think that I sound super different, but you guys let me know. Well, that's it for this episode. I hope that enlightened you guys. It's something that even when I was trying to research for this episode is so little talked about. Maybe I just couldn't find the right words to look it up, but I don't think I've really seen anyone call this out before, but when I was watching that and on this podcast called The Royals of Malibu, I, it like stood out so clearly to me that we get, that this phenomenon happens. And uh, yeah, if you have any opinions on it, please let me know. I would love to hear you guys' thoughts about this as well. Um, thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and I will see you next week. Bye.